Excuse me, sir. You're standing on my sleeve. Am I? So sorry. I might point out you're lying under my bench. I have to, I'm afraid. I've been put in a dungeon by the evil Prince George. I'm sorry if it bothers you. Well, if you're trapped in the dungeon, there isn't much to be done there, is there? Perhaps I could slide a key to you through the bars. I wouldn't risk it, sir. The evil Prince George has tortured many men. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we're feeling nostalgic for. We then revisit and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Michael Jerbez, and I'm joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Connor O'Kane. How are you doing, Connor? It's, it's not so much a podcast. It's just a bit of silliness, really. Just a bit of silliness. Just yeah. a bit of silliness. I do love a bit of silliness. As it should be. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, we are reviewing the 2004 sort of a biopic. It's not exact. I guess it's not exactly because it's it's like loosely based on yeah, inspired by of, true it, events. Yeah, yeah. I it, it, I think uh, I mean it's probably the other way around, but it's it gets the the saving Mr. Banks treatment. I think a little bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But, but it's more like saving Mr. Banks got the the Finding Neverland treatment, maybe. Yes. Yeah, and you said the name just then. You beat me to it. Finding Neverland. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. I was taking too long. It's like chop chop. Let's get into it. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm keen and excited for this. Uh, so much so that I'm like getting all uh, my panties in a twist because <laughs> it's not just like Finding Neverland. There's like you know my history with Finding Neverland goes back into like Hook and Peter Pan and like yeah, all of those yeah, things. Sure. So yeah. there's a lot to talk about. But first, let's talk about this film. Uh, the story uh, revolves around J M Barry uh, forging a friendship with the family who inspires him to create the story of Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Based on the play by Alan Nee, screenplay by David McGee, and directed by Mark Foster. The film stars Johnny Depp, Kate Winslet, Freddie Highmore, Rada Mitchell, and Dustin Hoffman. There was Dustin Hoffman. The whole time I was going, who is this guy? He's great. He's fucking funny. He's awesome. Yeah, it's Dustin Hoffman. It's fucking Dustin Hoffman. I didn't recognise him with the beard and the hair. Didn't recognise him without... The eyebrows and the pirate hat and the... Because he plays Captain Hook in Hook. Oh, no, I, I didn't recognise him without the beige jacket and the stimming. I was thinking of him in Rain uh, Man. Yep. Yeah. I obviously picked this. This is my pick. Um, I'm very fond of this movie, uh, although I've only watched it like two times maybe. Maybe seen uh-huh. it twice before this. And it's been a good like 10 years or more. Maybe almost 15 since I watched it last. So Right on. Yeah. I think I said at the end of last week's episode, I wanted some some childish whimsy, just a bit of silliness. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. And I see why you picked this one. Brings it, I think. It does. I have never seen this movie before. I've never really had any interest in seeing it. Uh, just based on the, the box art, it's just Johnny Depp looking at the screen. Yeah. It's just, it, you know. I don't know. It, it looked like I felt like I know what kind of movie this is going to be. And mm-hmm. I think I was right in that, but that doesn't mean it didn't win me over um, yeah, in, a, sure. in a very big way. The The movie Excellent. started and the, the soundtrack implied a level of whimsy that I was kind of like, okay, I don't know what I'm getting into here. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, it was, I was kind of skeptical of it. Like, is this going to be uh, whimsy lacking substance? Like, Am I going to genuinely feel something at this or is this movie just going to be beating me over the head with, you know, it's magic the whole time? And and regardless of, of what kind of whimsy I'm, I'm, I'm in for, I don't know if I'm in the mood for it. Yeah, Life sure. is, is, is not all that whimsical for me at the moment. And I didn't know if this was going to just rub me up the wrong way or be a wonderful uh, cathartic release and put me back in touch with, you know, some of that that magic that life occasionally has. Yeah. Uh, and I am happy to say that put me back in touch with that. It did. Hell this movie, yes. yeah, go. really, really, really warmed the the cockles of my currently <laughs> chilled heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's not quite the same story, but did you almost like you know burst out the window at the end of seeing it and go, "You there, boy? What day is it?" <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Not so much a Scrooge anymore. No, um, I can see how that would work because, yeah, I can understand definitely that, like, kind of 
I don't know, like, yeah, saccharine kind of whimsy where you're like, oh, this feels really just on the nose and it's rubbing me up the wrong way because- Yeah, yeah, especially with, like, when you watch a a movie or, or, you know, experience a piece of art, like, if you're just not in the right headspace, sometimes it can really rub you up the wrong way, Mm, you know? Yeah, yeah, Um, and especially with it being the subject matter of, like, theatres and plays, it's so close to musical theatre, which is, you know, that very <laughs> kind of rub you up the wrong we way kind a, yeah, of like. Yeah, we have a, a love-hate relationship with, with <laughs> a lot of musical theatre, yes. But, yeah, I think that this movie does a really good job of capturing that whimsy with it being in contrast to, like, harsh, like, yeah, yes. cold, hard truths about the world and not-so-nice yeah. things. Yeah, I think it, it highlights the necessity to indulging in a little bit of silliness from time to time um, as opposed to, you know, insisting that that life is all magical and shit. And I think the the way it's shot and cut and stuff, it straddles a really fine line between making you kind of smile and, and uh, it wins you over much like the, the kids in the audience win the other people in the theatre over yes. without going into Baz Luhrmann levels of camp. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't think he's fast enough. It's not going to work if no one believes in him. Now give him a chance. Michael, go back to your starting position. Come on, darling, we'll try George, again. you take the kite. If it'll help. Now this time, I don't want a flea's breath of doubt. We must get that kite in the air. All right, look, I think I feel a bit more breeze. Are you ready, Michael? Go on. Michael? Go on. Go on. Ooh, all right, you darling. can do it, Michael. Go on. You've got to run. Run, run, Michael, run. Run! That's it! Before seeing this, my background, I grew up watching Hook and loving Hook. So that's clearly going to be a whole another episode for another day. Of um, course. But loved that movie. Had the Disney animated Peter Pan on tape. Watched that mm-hmm. quite a few times. It's kind of fine, but it, yeah. I, I never really like loved it that much. Yeah, I was. I remember watching it a, a fair few times, but it, I don't. Um, it didn't like capture my imagination in a way yeah. that I hold that property. You know, in my heart. Yeah. So I think that Hook was really the main thing that had me like had that nostalgic bent uh, mm. for watching this movie and going like, oh, my God, look, it's the origin of this and that. And this is mm. like the kind of real world counterpart. However, you know, like you said, it's got that little bit of a it's not straight up a biopic. It's got that very. Um, I'm sure it, it takes some liberties. It takes liberties and, and such. But at its core, you're getting the main like they kind of, I think they kind of have to take liberties as well because there's not a huge, insane amount of documentation either. Like it's, yeah, people's lives back then weren't as like heavily documented celebrity wise as it is no. as it is today. So it's like, yeah, they they had like a few paragraphs, yeah, and pages yeah. about like these events going on outside of the the, the like the the Peter Pan itself and. Uh, yeah, like went with it and and got the I think got the main core ideas yeah. and messages across. And it's like again, it's not. I think it probably gets the broad strokes right and then fills in the blanks really uh, sweetly. Yeah, in a, in a way where you can understand that yes, this is having these like outings and trips to the park and to the summer home with these boys and um, the imagination play wonderland of that like childlike kind of spirit mm. of whether it's pirates and Indians and whatever they want to do. They're just making up mm. all this silly stuff and playing out in the woods. That is how he was inspired by these people to write this play. And the boy's name was Peter that he did name Peter Pan after and all of those things. Yeah. The rest of it doesn't really matter whether it's like super duper accurate or not. Cause I think the movie's not portraying it in this like way that it's, I would feel, I, I wouldn't feel pre- portrayed to find out that they did take certain liberties it's like <laughs> yeah sure sure yeah the, like half the movies in make-believe land what what do you expect like yeah yeah and so when i saw this movie i think i was at a time where i absolutely although i didn't like have this deep love for the original peter pan and mainly was coming from it from hook i saw a lot of similarities with alice in wonderland Mm-hmm. where we sort of talked about on that uh, episode when we did the Disney one, which is funny because since I'm holding up the Disney Peter Pan as like not a great version uh, mm-hmm. adaptation compared to where I think the Alice in Wonderland Disney animated ab- adaptation actually captures its spirit quite well. Both of them, when I talked about on the Alice in Wonderland episode, 
it's not so much like fairy tale like codified as it is like this became this new thing that was nonsense literature that mm-hmm. spawned all of these like impersonators and fan fictions and mm. of that kind. Peter Pan really fits into a similar, like a closer resemblance to that nonsense literature stuff of Alice in Wonderland than it does like a fairy tale. And so I liked it for seeing those comparisons. Uh, and I've always just really uh, like appreciated in storytelling and and f- like artists and f- writers and directors that kind of creativity and imagination above mm. a lot else, which is why I'm drawn to like fairy tales and fantasy. And mm. there's certain things about that Peter Pan mythos of like Neverland and like, you know, they, they never grow up there and mm. second start of the right and straight on till morning. All of these little things that it's just like you can have these incredibly imaginative ideas, but they're so steeped in like utter like fantasy that mm. it is kind of baffling that. Like, it's basically gibberish, yeah. but it really strikes a chord and becomes, like, iconic to these people. And I really, really enjoy that. And they do a good job of getting that across in this movie as well. Yeah. Well, I think I think what I kind of appreciated about this movie was that uh, it made me appreciate the stuff that I remember from Peter Pan and remember as more or less, you know, just gibberish and, you know, nonsensical fantasy stuff just for the sake of entertaining kids, having some kind of uh, real-world impetus yeah, or, like, yeah. it's 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 there to act as a... Uh, it's, it's silly because the silliness acts as a balm mm. to kind of soothe these, you know, awful real-world truths. Like, the idea yes. of the, the alligator with the, the clock, clock in it being... Yeah, being, you know, time coming for us all. Like, I, that it never put that together in my own head, mainly because I've never really, again, given the Peter Pan yeah. uh, story and, and mythos much attention. Yeah. You know, maybe if I'd <laughs> had thought about it for two seconds more, I, I would have got it. But this movie, you know, spelt it out for me. I went, ah, oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And so, yeah, it made me appreciate that a, a lot more. Yeah. Really nice, not in a way like a English teacher would pull silly um, yeah, things out of her yeah. ass from. Like, I like the way that they... They do kind of spell it out, but in the way that they spell it out, it's done in such a like, lovely way. Mr. Barry. Mrs. Thank you. That was quite the nicest evening I've ever spent in well, the very kind of you to say thank you. Was Mr. Snow this evening? Oh, I'm afraid he's left us. And he would so have loved this evening. The pirates and the Indians. He was really just a boy himself, you know. To the very end. Terribly sorry. How are you doing? I'm doing well enough now, thank you. I suppose it's all the work of the ticking crocodile, isn't it? Time is chasing after all of us. Isn't that right? Yeah, that exchange between him and the old woman and her kind of saying it and her having just lost her husband and stuff is is really sweet. That thing being explained through this really lovely human you know, real interaction as opposed to some overblown, like, you know, him seeing an alligator and <laughs> seeing a clock. Oh, like, I don't know. They, yeah. I think they show the the creative process um, or the way that, I don't know, having some real fucking fun in life can feed the creative process and feed one's imagination really healthily and, and how those things can seep into our creative work. I think mm. it shows all that stuff really nicely and kind of quaintly and not in this way that um it doesn't quite mythologize the 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 process yeah yeah in a way that feels disingenuous or kind of um gaudy no. you know i think it's all quite just nice you know yeah i really agree with that i think that the going back to that last exchange the exchange with the old woman talking about the clicking the ticking clock i think that is a really lovely scene because it sort of gives you like a little it's like the one thing in the movie that I think of that can give you this look into this is the reason why audiences responded so well to it, even though it's like f- sort children, of written yes. up for children, about children, but people who are older watch it and see that thing and like yeah, to be brought yeah, back to yeah. being a kid, but also understand what those things kind of are. Yeah. Giving yeah. The, the, what the message really is that it's kind of dumbing it down a little bit and making it fun 
yeah, you get the feeling that that woman felt seen in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in the way that we've talked about, you know, the Incredibles and shit like that, doing yeah, that yeah. For, for adult viewers. Yeah, exactly, that this, like, elderly woman can watch this play and it really, like, hits in, in a special place for her and that's yeah. the reason why this story of Peter Pan has the legacy that it does because it has that ability to hit yep. a, a, a wide variety of people in different ways. In, in, in totally, this, totally. That sort of thing. Yeah, and, and you get the feeling that that exchange means a lot to, you know, to her and also to Johnny Depp's character. I don't know, putting putting something together, especially that is such gibberish or seemingly such gibberish and having people uh, pick up on the stuff you want them to pick up on. Mm. Like speaking from from very minute experience, but experience nonetheless of like making something really weird and and bizarre, and then showing it to an audience. I, I got to show a, a short film that I made that was very silly uh, to a, a small room of, of maybe fifty or so people, and they had like a little. It was like an open mic uh, film night thing. You just yeah. show up with like a short film that you made on a USB stick and screen it. It was very very weird. They didn't they didn't like vet any of these things. You could have gone in <laughs> with some heinous shit. But just I, I showed them with this, a snuff film and <laughs> yeah, showed exactly. it to everyone. So I went in with this like little weird thing that I was like, I'm not sure about this. I just made it because it seemed funny to me. Or I, I don't know why, really. I just like it. I wonder if it'll play to a crowd. And it, it, it did, and they had like a little, they get the people who made them to come up and do a little Q&A afterwards. And having, you know, one or two people say, oh, I really liked this aspect of it because X. And it was like, yes, like that's, I didn't that's nowhere even in like the thing. properly know how to put it into words and I made the thing, but you picked up yes, on it and you understood. exactly. Exactly, and it's like yes, that's 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 why I like it. Cool, thank you. Like, yeah, that that means the world. So uh, I liked that. I really liked that exchange. In fact, I think that might be my favorite scene in the movie, or one of my favorite scenes in the movie is yeah. just that that exchange between the old woman and, and Johnny Depp's character. Absolutely, I yeah, I can agree with that. I I also agree with you in terms of what you're talking about with that seeing the creative process and things, and 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 what you've just experienced with showing your own thing. I think at the time when I first saw the uh, saw the film even though I didn't have that insanely huge connection to the Peter Pan story, it was in a, in a style and a medium that was stuff that I liked to uh, mm. like write about and, and come up with. And so mm. I really enjoy that quality of it being about the kind of being creative in, in a subject matter that was not at, at that time seen very as like a not very valid thing to be wasting your time doing sort of thing. Like um, fantasy, yeah, like that kind of that stuff. whole, you know, the kids need to grow up and you know responsibilities and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. And there's there's it's a lot heavier back then than it is now. I think like we're we're finally at like as we've grown up and we are now adults. Our generation is the first real generation where it's like no, we're like thirty year old kids with like toys and stuff, and we go to work so we can buy the toys that we wanted when we were kids that we couldn't afford yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, and that's yeah, a much yeah. more acceptable thing. Like you've got it going back as far as, you know, like when Star Wars comes out in the 70s and you've got all of these dudes who, you know, are collecting all this Star Wars stuff and uh, and yada, yada, all that stuff where back then it was so much more of an oppressive time in terms of what the social expectations of people was mm. that these kids could oh be these fun little kids and play and go and use their imagination. And then it was just like, bam, snap out yeah. of it, fucking yeah, become a to, lawyer, a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's very much similar to the Lewis Carroll when he wrote Alice in Wonderland. It's a similar time in history where mm. Peter Pan was really well received. Alice in Wonderland was well received, but there was also the kickback of Alice in Wonderland of the like heavy mu- heavy metal music variety and your, mm. you know. Satanic panic. Kind yeah, of satanic stuff. panic stuff of like, oh, this is going to rot people's brains by reading fiction. It's yeah. going to ruin them and they won't be able to be a useful member of society and all of this nonsense. <laughs> so I like that it's able to give you the context of like the time period that it was written much more than any adaption of Peter Pan can. Mm. And yeah, something about that, like the, the movie, it strikes that really good balance you mentioned earlier of knowing that like a little bit of silliness and uh childlike wonder is like important and can be a good yeah. thing but it's not yeah, yeah. about completely living in that fantasy world and not recognizing your your responsibilities and like using that as a crutch to hide from what's actually going on it's like yeah, done in a healthy yeah. way where it's like yeah 
and I think it shows Art's role in being able to, you know, semi-regularly tap into that, you know, that place for all of us, that 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 Neverland equivalent for all of us. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. A good, a good movie or a play or something that just captures our imagination for an hour and a half yeah, can be, yeah. you know, the, the difference between being here and not sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. The whole aspect of Neverland and not growing up and, you know, the boys never aging and stuff, Mm. Uh, it's interesting that it's got the like the double meaning of for James. He mm. is he is the adult that had to grow up too fast, mm. um, and still wants to have that childlike wonder, but it's sort of not seen as an, a positive trait in him. And then he's mm. seeing this young boy Peter who's lost his father and needing to grow up and doesn't feel like he's you know able to have fun anymore because of like the real world has like hit him hard earlier than yeah, it should yeah. for most. Yeah, and he um, can't switch off to it. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's a sweet exchange as well when people overhear that his name is Peter and they're like, look, this is Peter Pan. And he's like, no, that's the real Peter Pan. It points yeah. back at him and it's like, ah, oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, it is very cute. Uh, yeah, it's a nice how, how they're both sort of, yeah, the the two of them coming together as, again, all of those aspects of the, the, the play, which does sound... It's really fucking random. It's just like, oh, remember that time that we played with this and played with that? Let's just fucking chuck mm. it all together into this hodgepodge of a world and tell the story in that, and it's fine. Mm. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool that it's got all of these like actual like point and like sort of uh, some sort of deeper meaning that mm. you can look into with those. I don't know what the yeah. whole not having like losing his shadow thing is because they don't like go into that much with this. In this movie, but that's, <laughs> no, that's all, like quite a. But that's all, an also an element of, that I always thought was really fucking cool. That it's like, oh, how yeah. do you make like your like distinctive main character? It's like, oh, he loses his shadow and he's like chasing it because he's trying yeah. to attach it back to his feet. It's like that's like a wonderful, silly little yeah, yeah thought yeah. to have. And I think maybe not explaining that is kind of to explain where every little bit of this thing came from would be to miss the point. Like yeah, the point yeah. is that some of it is just a bit of silliness, and that's vital. How do you do it? You just think lovely, wonderful thoughts and they lift you up in the air. You are so nippy at it. Couldn't you do it very slowly once? Yes, I've got it now, Wendy. <laughs> I must blow fairy dust on you first. Yeah, they don't bother showing us, like, so much of the play. They give us, like, really little snippets. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. you know what Peter Pan is. You don't need to be told yeah. that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah the, he has a dog. Yeah. And the yeah, the dog's Nana. And they said, like, oh, like, you know, there's just, like, little throwaway lines where she says, like, oh, um, I've become such a lax parent and stuff mm. with their father gone, like, even letting a dog into the house, their father wouldn't let the dog in the house. They were tied up in the backyard. And that's all part of, you know, mm. stuff that mm. happens with, in the book, it's 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 uh, it feels like lovingly crafted, and there's lots of things there. Even I noticed, like towards the end, there's like a little just in the background in that production design. There's like the little doll house in the corner of the room, which is mm. like yeah, Tinkerbell is in that and everything. Yeah, there's lots of like yeah, care and love put into it. But again, yeah, they're not like beating you over the head with it. Or it's not they don't need to chuck every single thing in the kitchen sink in there. It's like there's enough little like things here and there for people to yeah. go like, oh, well, I think yeah. to, to show like every little detail would be to make the movie just about the movie Peter Pan or about yeah. the book Peter yeah. Pan. And it's not about that. It's about all this other stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. You know, I think this movie knows what it's about and that's that's really helpful mm. um, in striking such a balanced tone, you know, between whimsy and... Uh, realism you yeah know? like well it's like really brutal like in the after their mother passes away it's it's set in almost like a really it, it takes some of those things take on like a, a a worse sadder meaning when they're like oh her boys never grew up it's like oh they never grew up to her because she died yeah. before getting to see them grow up and stuff it's like yeah, oh that's yeah. really like a hard hitting way to like flip that switch yeah from yeah, the, like the lovely whimsical sounding way to like oh that's actually really sad and tragic yeah yeah absolutely yeah they'll always be if if she is let's say she's in neverland they will always be you know 10 or whatever to her yeah 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 i i think too uh something another thing i really like about this movie that i think it shows really um beautifully and and in a way that's understated is the importance of kind of encouraging kids to be creative mm, yeah 
you know, and and uh, showing kids how to be creative and without sitting them down and saying like you need to do this because the world is a cold and callous place and this is like a, you know maintaining a, a, a sense of the absurd is is vital for you to survive like it's shown as like just this thing that you can kind of show them how to do it are you telling me that you know, your wonderful. dad didn't sit you down when you were like five and said listen well, no, I kid think that's the, problem. the world is a I cold hard place you're gonna need to create a podcast once a week to, to let out your steam not the podcast thing but i think i think my my dad uh did like many times sit me down and say the world is a cold and scary place have some laughs like <laughs> my dad was very very honest with me perhaps too honest we don't know I'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and find to out the verdict. the verdict is not in on that yet <laughs> keep listening to the podcast over the years for my inevitable breakdown <laughs> but um uh no I, I really like that because as well as being you know brutally frank with me uh, about life uh, my dad was always super encouraging of me to be creative and and you know, um, I think we've talked about this a bit with like the Simpsons episode. Like, he made me understand the like the value of good comedy and good, you know, escapist material and how vital it is and mm. how wonderful pop culture can be and and how wonderful it can be to contribute to that. You know, even on a mm. small scale, even yeah. just even just in your own bedroom, it doesn't have to be for anybody else. It doesn't have to be for the world. Just for yourself. Yeah, or writing a play for your family. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Watching that scene was really sweet because it made me go, fuck, I remember doing that because my dad, I don't know, encouraged me to do that sort of stuff hmm. because I, I, he, he saw that I had some inclination for it or, or, you know, interest in it. He encouraged me and I remember, like, dragging my family into the living room and putting on a puppet show behind the couch <laughs> and being so thrilled that it made them laugh and stuff. And they are probably just being nice, but fuck, it was it was... Magic, you know? Yeah, yeah. The Lamentable Tale of Lady Ursula, a play in one act by Peter Lewin and Davies. <laughs> this is just a bit of silliness, really. I should hope so. Go on. I just wanted to take a stab at writing, you know. Well, the others do a good job with it anyway. Well, let's see it then. The, it, that's a really good scene as well because it's, it's really... Um, the drama is is, like, really well scripted that you know he's he's encouraging peter this whole time like you should you should write you should write and he gives him this book and stuff um and then when he does finally write this play it's when the mum is like coughing too much to so then the play doesn't get to be finished and then it's like oh shit the mum's sick Mm. and now he's gonna have this memory associated with the mother getting sick as well so it's like just Mm. as he's like he's grieving over the death of his father needing this encouragement to be like, it's okay to, you know, have fun a little bit and, yeah, yeah. and, and make believe. And the second he does it, his mum gets sick as well. And it's like, oh, that's a yeah. surefire way to fucking screw that kid over to yeah, never yeah. never take that risk again. They kept that enthusiasm. Uh, so it's really sweet that last scene when the mum gives him the book and says how proud she was of him and stuff because she fixed mm. it because he tore the pages out and stuff. It's like, oh, that's really, really lovely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess- um, I've been talking a little, like we've been talking about the movie generally mm. just based on like watching it. The, the, those were all most things that I thought were in the first time that I watched it the same as I saw it this time. Uh, mm. Since originally watching Finding Neverland, I have actually gone back and read Peter Pan itself. Mm. And I actually really, really love that book. Mm. None of the movies had ever done it for me. And the book is wonderful and excellent. I think the adaptation uh, where they lack in Peter Pan adaptations isn't that they go wacky crazy and change any events in the book. It's all, it feels like they're missing the picture. It it loses the whimsy because when you're reading the book, it's written in prose, but all of mm. those prose sound like it is J.M. Barry narrating like he is telling you this story like it it right. feels like straight out of the pages it is someone sitting down and telling you this story gotcha and all of that description is so flavorful mm. uh, and gives so much context in the same way that this movie gives you the context of like oh this is the time that it was written and this is the the stuff there's things where like tinkerbell is such a fucking bitch in the disney one and she's mm. just straight up gonna like try and kill wendy and stuff but the book, yeah. when you read it, it's like she is awful. 
to Wendy, but the book like stops to explain like, oh, now you see fairies are so little that they can only feel one emotion at a time because they're, they're so small. So Tinkerbell right. is feeling so jealous of Wendy that she's not able to like feel all the other things that she should be feeling. She's only right. feeling jealousy. And there's yeah. like, it's really, really sweet. And so, yeah, I like enjoyed this movie coming back to it even more because when you read the book and you go, oh yeah, no, this does feel uh, true to life in how they're portraying this character. Because when I read this book, I yeah. can- feel like it's Johnny Depp with a nice Scottish accent, like That's reading cute. me, telling me like the story that. of Peter Pan. Yeah, the the warmth of the of the man who wrote that story feels like it comes oh, through. Yeah, yeah, and, and, really, and really sounds warm. As though, sounds as though it gets lost in translation for the other, other adaptations. It does. So um, I was going to say, do you, do you feel that way about Hook? Does Hook? No, I think Hook does, does, does a pretty good job of yeah. capturing a lot of that. Or sometimes like the whimsy is a little bit of like a weirder whimsy. Like there's yeah, some okay. weird stuff about that movie that's kind of wacky that it's like it works even though it kind of shouldn't at times. But <laughs> sure. but it is it is like I really do like that movie and it is wonderful. Like the amazing score and you know Steven Spielberg and stuff. I think he yeah Robin he, Williams yeah yeah lovely yeah. Where um this is something where it's it's funny that the the Peter Pan adaptations I think miss the point a little bit, miss the like the spirit of, of the book. Uh, but then the other, the only thing that they do cut out in terms of adaptations is no Peter Pan film adaptation I've ever seen basically puts the last chapter of the Peter Pan in uh, in the film that, that's in the book. And that yeah. part of the book, it's the same as in Finding Neverland where the the cold, hard truths of the world come through. Right. So there are there is actually that a little bit in the book where it goes like, yeah, going to Neverland's nice, but like you can't stay there forever because- even though you don't like grow up, Neverland mm. makes you forget. Mm. And yeah, it's like it can get really, really fucking sad at points at the end of that book. It's really yeah, right. like a gut punch. So I think that's the reason why they've never adapted it into a movie version because they're cowards and they don't want to make like, <laughs> oh, Peter Pan, this Disney children's movie. And then the yeah. last like, yeah, scene of the movie is just this huge fucking bummer that yeah, makes sure. all the kids cry. But I really like. That yeah, it, it has that same quality as this, where you go, oh, it's it's letting you revel in that whimsy and enjoy it, and know that it's like, yeah, you need that in a way, but you can't completely lose all of your obligations to reality. Yeah, through it. yeah, yeah. I think it it um without the the context of why we need a, a bit of silliness, I keep saying, but but it's it's true. Like it is just nonsensical, and it is just. Kind of it loses the the whimsy loses any uh, power that it may have to heal or act as a, a balm or a you know a welcome if nothing else a welcoming welcome distraction. Mm, yes, you know, yeah. Without that context, I think. Yeah, so that's what was surprising when I finished reading it that I was like, oh, there's actually some of that part that they never adapted into a Peter Pan film. Some of that is actually in Hook. Mm. They like take some of those elements and run with it. Yeah. Um, where it's that sort of thing where like Peter Pan, he keeps coming back and taking Wendy and stuff to back to Neverland for like little little adventures because they're like, no, she can't stay with you forever there. Um, yeah. And then eventually he just stops coming. And then one day he rocks up like 40 years later. And he's like, come on, Wendy, let's go. And then he's like, oh, you're this old woman. And it's just yeah. like he's just, yeah, he he loses track of time. And it's like it's this wonderful idea until you're like, oh, like it's just this this boy, like he's pissing off and not keeping any connections at all because he it's that like classic kind of immortality thing of like, you know, vampires being cursed and stuff with immortality that it's like, Oh, everyone you ever know will like die and you'll just keep being forever young sort of thing. And it it brings some of that aspect into it as well, where it's like, there is a, there's a way that you should grow up healthily while still keeping some of that whimsy, but not. Yeah. And I think, I think it's um, perhaps runs a little deeper or, or not deeper than the vampire thing of like, oh, you'll just you'll see everyone you know die. Like it runs differently where the idea yes, of yeah. like Peter Pan, you know, fucking off and, and uh, living in, in Neverland where he never has to grasp any of life's inconvenient truths or feel any of that that stuff. It's like, well, that's not a, that's not a life lived. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, grief and, and loss and heartache and all of that is is – that, that's life as mm. much as the other stuff. You know, you can't have one without the other. Yeah, it's it's like the line 
uh, that we get from Peter in the play where they said to, to, to die would be an awfully big adventure. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're not, it's not a life lived, like you said. I really like, uh, we, we talked about it kind of earlier in the podcast, but that that scene, the, the whole play sequence is just so fucking lovely. Yeah. And true to the rest of the movie, it is intercut with the, the uh, with Kate Winslet's character, you know, being awfully ill and stuff. Mm. So it's still tinged with a bit of sadness, but that whole sequence of the, the theatre, you know, gradually kind of becoming more and more full of laughter yeah, is just so fucking wonderful. It's really lovely. And then the way that it's set up of this, he gets that brilliant idea and he goes, save 25 seats. And it's, yeah, he's got yeah, the pressure yeah, yeah. of, yeah. Uh, like I like sometimes when you get Dustin Hoffman in this role and it's a little bit of like a cheeky throwback to like, hey, he was Captain Hook in the other one yeah. 13 years previously. Sometimes that can be a bit like, uh, that's weird. Or like, mm. I remember when the dude who played Hercules in the TV show was like annoyed that they wouldn't give him a, a cameo role in like one of the new Hercules movies with the rock in it. And it's like, <laughs> no, f- fuck off. Like you're not just owed a, a cameo in every single no. thing ever Hercules for the rest of time because you were yeah. Hercules once. So yeah, I can go either way on them, but I think that this one isn't like overplayed or anything, but it's just like, he is- he is not on board. He is a grumpy dude. Yeah. For the most part. I do like that line where he says, like... He's never meant to be taken seriously. You know what happened, James? They changed it. They changed what? The critics. They made it important. Hmm? What's it called? What's it called? Play. Yeah, um, it is nice. which is lovely. But for the most part, you know, he's got the real world cynicism of like, I have, to, I'm going to lose a fortune on this. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, I, I can lose he's... a fortune. He's like, oh, really? And he's like, no, I can't afford to lose a fortune on yeah. this. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, we know that there's these 25 seats and that he's like not on board with it. And he's like, I'm going to sell these 25 seats. And you're just like, just wait. And then when you finally do see that it's like, oh, he brought a bunch of children along mm. to get. Like, yeah, just dispersed out throughout the cinema and, like, they're, they're little orphan children. They're, like, just having a, a wonderful time being out to yeah. the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, it is, it's such a good idea that, yeah, because we get the vibe from his previous play as well that it's, like, it's kind of, it was kind of straight-faced, but it wasn't- it was kind of supposed to be silly, but, like, yeah. he hasn't- hadn't found a way of, like, getting that across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, that's and, the um, secret source of like, yeah, when the kids laugh along, all of the adults around yeah, them start getting yeah. the permission to laugh as well. Well, that's the thing. I think like he he hadn't been inspired in a way that gave him the confidence to be truly silly and truly himself through his, his yes, art. Yeah. For one thing. And then I think like he he's kind of a in some ways he's a he's a kid at heart and he's able to reconnect to that through hanging out with this family. Yes. And because of that he he knows the that that having these kids in the audience that that laughter. I mean laughter in general is is so infectious, but uh laughing along with children disarms us completely, yes. you know. Yeah. It 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 allows us to lower our defenses for a moment and feel at least initially vicariously carefree and then for a few you know, fleeting but beautiful moments, completely, genuinely carefree mm. and just enjoying what's in, in front of us. Yeah, there's some really lovely shots of all of those extras in in the in the seats. Yeah, yeah. Like next yeah. to the children, like looking at them and like yes. and looking yes. concerned for the like the situation as well that's going on in the play. Yeah. And yeah, looking concerned at first and then kind of like looking at the kids and going like this is funny, isn't it? Like yeah. having fun with it. It's it's mm. so fucking sweet. And then when it does then when the stakes are raised and the kids are concerned, like the adults are concerned yes. along with the kids yes. like together yep. that they're like, oh no, what's gonna happen? Is Peter yeah, Pan and yeah. Wendy gonna get out of there? Yeah. And everyone gets to share in that. It's so fucking sweet. I I that that really got to me, and then when they bring the play home for for oh, mum, yeah, and um, there's the bit where they think Tinkerbell's gonna die, and they're like, "Oh, clap if you believe in fairies and grandmas." The first yeah, one, to clap. yeah. I was like, "Get fucked!" And just fucking <laughs> bald. It was just so fucking sweet, like, and really great performances from everyone. Like, you look at each of those kids, and they are selling it completely. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of them's holding a pillow and just like leaning forward in his seat, like hugging this thing utterly you know engrossed mm. 
you know, uh, Kate Winslet's character is like holding Johnny Depp's hand yeah. in that way that like you you do without realizing you're doing it when you're you're watching something special with someone special. Like, oh fuck, yeah, great, great movie. Yeah, Freddie Highmore is really excellent. He's very very young uh, to be doing such a good performance. Yeah, no, he does a really he does a really fantastic job in this. And um, funnily enough, the same pairing that then they would go on to do Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, yeah. And not to not as great success as this. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, like it seems like it's not a coincidence. It's a similar dynamic of Willy Wonka supposed to be this kid at heart that, you know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that just uh no, doesn't work like mm. this movie does. Um mm. I love that scene of bringing the theater home and the play home uh to the mum. It's I really love it because I love all of the moments of like fa- true fantasy where you get to see it cut to the imagination world. Yeah, yeah. And and in, earlier in the movie, it's intercutting quite like strongly contrasting those yeah things. And then when it does it here, and the like all gets pulled up, and we get to see like Neverland in the backyard. It's like yeah, that's it. Looks like their backyard, but it's not their backyard this is yeah like it, it becomes this like seamless transition of yes yes in in it's, the in 3d space it's half fantasy half reality it isn't yeah cutting back and forwards between two different locations kind no, of no fantasy it's and really reality. beautifully really really beautifully done the the fantasy aspects of the scenes earlier where they're cutting quite hard and fast between the the two the fantasy aspects look kind of uh, a little, you know, cheap and shoddy, and like there are. It, it looks like set dressing, you know. Mm. It's it's because he's coming from a, a playwright background. It, it makes sense, but the fantasy scenes start to get kind of a little more intricate and a little more magical as they go on. Mm. Uh, and then this final one being just completely beautiful and completely seamless, uh, and completely fantastical. It's it's really really fucking gorgeous. And then that, like her walking off into it, fading to black. I was like, oh Christ, and then. Cut to the funeral. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> God. Oh God. Um, and on that that uh funeral scene, like where he's like, oh, you know, I I hoped we'd got more days together and da da da, and the kid cracks the shits and is like, you're not replacing my dad or whatever. And Johnny Ben look like, no, I look, I loved your your mum very dearly and stuff. I like the way this movie shows shows love as not necessarily this like it, it doesn't become this big romantic. Thing that they both get swept up in. It's just this, like it's it's pure. I don't know how else to describe it. Let's describe yeah. it. Excuse me. It's really simple and pure. Mm. It's not made into something that it's not with a bunch of Hollywood romance movie bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like you can just love someone. Yep. That's it. Like I, I really like that. You don't get any. They, they don't. There's no embrace. They don't kiss at any point. They don't. I don't know if they even fucking hug. I can't remember. Yeah, you know, there's not really at any... one point, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not really that important. Like it's ambiguous, left up to interpretation. Oh, if she hadn't passed away so soon, then maybe it would have grown to that, or maybe it wouldn't yeah. have, and it doesn't matter because it was. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a kind of like mutual and and beneficial love for everyone involved. You mm. know, yeah, very very sweet. You can't go on just pretending. Just pretending. You brought pretending into this family, James. You showed us we can change things by simply believing them to be different. A lot of things, Sylvia, not everything. But the things that matter. We've pretended for some time now that you're a part of this family, haven't we? You've come to mean so much to us all that now, doesn't matter if it's true. There's some really nice parts of the dialogue that gets a little bit poetic like that, but not too over the top that makes you go like, oh, this is silly and unrealistic. Mm. It it strikes a nice balance because it's good to keep that stuff that is down to earth, still keeping it fairly down to earth and grounded. Yeah. Sylvia's mother being like the evil grandma is... Great because she she seems really harsh and standoff standoffish and everything, but in the end, it is that she is just like thinking f- best for her daughter. 
because she, yeah, she, yeah. she brings up some good points in terms of, again, like rooting it in what, what time period it's set in. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're just we we see what they're doing. Yeah, they're going out for picnics and having a wonderful time. Like you know, yeah. having imaginative play with with all the kids. But that's a fucking scandalous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The it's way a, that looks. Yeah, yeah. It looks really fucking bad and stuff. Yeah, to society that, that they are trying to fit into and survive. In. And the fact that she's lost her husband and that potentially she needs to find another one because there mm. are, at that time there isn't many other options at all. Mm. Yeah, all of that is is fairly understandable, even though she does act as an antagonist. But then, yeah, she's yeah. eventually won over, like you said, with the clapping, with the play mm. is wonderful. Mm. She sort of like understands how I think she sees important that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, and she sees his motivations to be uh, pure. You know, mm. then then he's he's he doesn't have insidious designs on her or anything. Yeah, he's yeah. not got fucked ulterior motives or anything. And I like that uh, how she speaks to him after the funeral as well. It's still in that kind of standoffish way, but it's like testing him again to be like. Perhaps if I just had a bit more time with him. No, Mr. Barry, that won't be good enough. If a bit more time is all you can provide, you'd better leave him alone. So, yeah, how long? How long are you going to be able to stay with them for sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's she is she's got her head in the real world and she's thinking about them in the long term. What sort yeah. of damage that'll do losing this person? That yeah, he's not trying to replace their father, but he is a really really important yeah she's person not in their some, lives and a role model and all of these things yeah, that they she, look up to. Yeah, she's not some wicked you know grandmother or you know mm. stepmother figure. She's uh, deadly serious about protecting her little ones. You know, yeah, it just. You kind of go, yeah, you would be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think I'll end it just saying as well, um, Kelly McDonald, who plays Peter Pan, does an excellent job. She is- Yes. Um, uh, she's uh, Llewellyn Davis's wife in No Country for Old Men. Ah, oh, cool. Cute as. Um, yeah, she's great. And, like, yeah, traditionally, like, it would have been, like, you know, the women played, like, a lot of the children's roles or the, the, the boyish mm. roles. I uh, really like, yeah- her her version of Peter Pan, her her costume is amazing. Mm. That end sequence where you see like Neverland and the wall moves up and stuff again, it becomes this utter fantasy, uh, seamless fantasy where we can see all of these people in the background. And it's like yeah, they're dressed up like animals and it's Neverland. But then her who has been performing the play to them then like lifts up and flies. Off into into the garden, and it's like she's done. She's not on wires. It is. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. something magical about seeing Peter Pan fly. That you're just like, yeah, that's such a purely, like, yeah, whimsical, imaginative Definitely. thing that I really love. Yeah, me too. I will. Um. Uh. I will let you in on a little, uh, slightly intrusive thought I had. Uh, on the back of that scene, though, because oh, it, no. it, it transitions so beautifully and so seamlessly, and it fades to black, and then it cuts straight to the funeral, uh-huh. and I was like. She didn't die during the play, did she? <laughs> she didn't like. She wasn't so invested in the the in believing in fairies that it fucking killed her, did it? It's 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 a it's a it's a sad one to think of because yeah, it's, it, you don't know because she's walking off into the garden and it's like that's yeah. that's like a metaphorical thing. So I don't know. I don't yeah. want to know what the re- what the reality was. No, no, no. And that's the thing. Like you, you, you just go along with the metaphor, and it's beautiful and it's lovely. If you take, if you, if you take it even the slightest bit literally, it becomes pretty, pretty farcical, pretty fast. Or just pretty, not farcical, but just like, like really sad for your own brain to comprehend. <laughs> like, <it laughs> sure. just, like there's so many like hard hitting moments in this movie that yeah, you don't need another yeah, one to, yeah, yeah. to no, give no, you another no, gut you're right. punch. You're right. You're right. This is another one up there with uh, movies like The Fall, at least in in recent memory. Uh, that I didn't expect to be won over by and was, oh, fucking um, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, same yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 kind yeah, of yeah. went into going, all right, whimsy, let's see, <laughs> and then came out of it like tear-stained and, and quite happy for it. So Excellent. thank you very much, Michael. Uh, I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. You were able to enjoy it the same, sounding like mostly the same way that I got out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot out of this one, re-watching it, not, not a lot new uh but still just the things that were effective were just more effective mm. um all of those emotional moments just like yeah, yeah hit really really fucking hard thank you very much for listening we hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you did and you would like to help support the podcast 
should uh, should share it with a friend. Uh, we always say word of mouth, passing it along is the the most helpful thing. Uh, but if you'd like to support us monetarily, uh, you can do that by visiting patreon.com forward slash roast into review and you can gain access to all of our exclusive bonus series. Links to all of our social medias are in the episode description. You can hit us up on any of those. Tell us what you thought or answer this week's question. What's your favorite? Uh, Actually, no, I've got one. I've got a, I've got a really oh, go different one. Sorry, I'm going to cut you right the fuck off yeah, there. Yeah, no, no, no. Please, please, please. S- somewhat adjacent, uh, I want to ask, do you have any uh, stories of g- getting read these kind of stories as a kid and taking, getting, like, taking liberties to make it a little bit more personal? Because obviously the boy whose name is Peter is based on Peter Pan. The two brothers in the story, there's Wendy and there's John and Michael, my middle name is John, so instead, when my uncle t- read Peter Pan to my cousin, mm. he combined John and Michael to be Michael John, and then he, the the older brother John, would be he would read it as David, my older brother. <laughs> so, like oh, to my cute. cousin, that it was that it was us, uh, her yeah, cousins, yeah. going on these adventures. So, oh, do you have any so sweet. sweet stories like that of uh, changing changing names and stuff like that, personalizing? those like children's stories to you i i yeah no i don't think i do uh but that's that's very sweet next week connor okay tis the season to be jolly tis uh and i have not watched this one since i was a fucking wee kid uh but i remember watching it a lot i remember really liking it a lot and i'm hoping i'm hoping for a christmas miracle that i still like this movie (laughs) as much as i did as a kid uh the muppets christmas carol okay yeah. All righty. I love the Muppets. Um, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. It'll be fun. Uh, well, we always recommend if you want uh, to get even more context for the episode that you should check the movie out before um, along with us. And it's like a little book club that you don't get mm. to give any input on. <laughs> You're just like in it's a room. It's a social with- book club. Yeah. We just, uh, yeah, we just hog. All of the time talking. And just as you're about to go, what I thought is like, oh, look at that. We're out of time. See you next week. (laughs) So join us when we find out whether our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I lost my older brother, David, when I was just Peter's age. And it nearly destroyed my mother. James, I'm so sorry. Your poor mother. Can't imagine losing a child. Aye. She didn't get out of bed for months. She wouldn't eat. I tried everything to make her happy, but... She only wanted David. So... One day... I dressed myself in David's clothing. And I went to her. You must have frightened her to death. I think it was the first time she ever actually looked at me. And that was the end of the boy, James. I used to say to myself he'd gone to Neverland.